What's up, everyone, and welcome to the house. My name is Caleb Confusioni, and alongside me today, and as always, are my wonderful co-hosts, Mr. Caleb Prosey and Mr. Naaman Smith. Uh, on this podcast, we talk everything sports. We've got a lot of football talk going on right now. Lots of soccer happening recently oh, between yeah. the World Cup, NCAA uh, women's uh, tournament going on right now. Florida State red hot in the tournament in the final four. So some huge stuff happening there. Uh, FSU sports, great. Absolutely phenomenal weekend for the Seminoles all around. We'll dive into that. Uh, and everything else that we have on our docket today, I will kick it over to Prozy to give us a rundown of everything that we have uh, to discuss. All right. So the rundown for episode 14, as Caleb mentioned, FSU soccer beat Arkansas 1-0 to in Tallahassee for their last game at home before heading to Cary, North Carolina for the Final Four, where we will play the University of North Carolina. And then if we end up winning that game, we will face either Alabama or UCLA on the other half of that bracket. Next, Florida hands the Gators a big L when they came into Tallahassee. It was an absolutely electric atmosphere. And I... Personally, I think everybody there just enjoyed every minute of it. We got to storm the field. Wasn't too sure why we did that, but it was still super fun. Uh, World Cup updates. We'll give you guys updates on what's going on with Team USA and other teams around the World Cup in Qatar. Just And to finish up, we have an exciting week of rivalry games, some coaching hires and fires and drama going on in college football, and high highs and low lows in the NFL. And we will finish up with our picks for the week. So I'll kick it over to Naaman to give you guys a little bit of what's happening in sports. Oh, boy. Yeah. So FSU won over them Gators. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have owned this state this year in college football with a dominant win over Miami. And the Gator win was a little closer. As it should have been. I mean, it's a hard – rivalry game is always going to be hard fought no matter how the teams play out their seasons. Mm -hmm. It's just at the end of the day who's willing to go in and – be the tougher opponent. Oh, yeah. 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 And, like, so if you're a UF fan watching this or listening to this and you're like, well, what about that face mask call that they missed at the end of the game? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd counteract that with our defender. The P.I.? Got, well, no, no. So Anthony Richardson, the QB, he had his face mask pulled at the end of the game and Gators fans are mad about it on the final mm-hmm. play of the game. Well, right before that, during the same play, Anthony Richardson grabbed our defender's face mask and pulled his face mask down. Mm-hmm. And then our defender reacted by pulling Anthony Richardson's face mask. So they would have so counteracted. It would have counteracted. I didn't get counters because that, that – so there's a fourth and I want to say 18. That yeah. was the pass interference And there was play. a pass interference call that – It was uh, – I it, it was iffy. The, the announcers, whoever was calling the game, seemed to, seemed to think it was not at all pass interference. Yeah. There was definitely contact, but I felt like it was when the ball got there. So uh, that, that one may be a little more 50-50, but I, I feel like that was not P.I. It was and it gave the Gators life again. So I think they – yeah, overall they called the game pretty fairly. Uh, there were missed it, yeah. calls on both sides, but, yeah. again, there wasn't like a leaning one way or another. It was just an interesting game all around. Um, like, yeah, the Gators stopped a running attack. Like very dom- like we were a very mm-hmm. dominant running team. Their running the was very good. Their run yeah. game, Travis, not Travis, Travis's younger brother, Trevor Etienne, yeah. was doing some dynamic running. Like he was absolutely elusive and able to mm-hmm. find the holes. And I mean, props to UF's offensive line. I was getting really annoyed with him throughout <laughs> that game, and that's a good yeah. thing. He wanted to go into Doke and do that. Well, yeah. so I'll give like a quick summary of the game, real quick. So like Florida State, we. 
Again, it was just pretty close. Halftime score was 24 for UF. We had 21. And then the third quarter was really where we took the lead. We yeah. scored 17 unanswered in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, the Gators outscored us 14 to 7, but it wasn't enough. Uh, we ended up winning by 7, uh, 45 to 38. But the game kind of went like this Anthony Richardson in the first half, the Gators' offensive play call in the first half was Anthony Richardson throwing it. And that really wasn't working that well against us. Uh, he had a couple of good passes. He had a couple, but it wasn't that consistent. And then in the third quarter, they continued to do it until they realized, huh, the QB run is working really well. Mm-hmm. And as Prozy mentioned, our running back running it is working really well. Mm-hmm. And that's what they resorted to in the fourth quarter, and they changed their offensive scheme towards that. Yeah. And we could not stop Anthony Richardson. There was a play where he literally yeah. had like – a whole mass of people around him. He continued to run for like 10 more yards. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. He um, just would not go down. So, I mean, as of talking about quarterback runs, I mean, Jordan Travis on the flip side of that was able to absolutely elude that UFD line. Wow. It's it made Sports Center's top 10. Like, he was, there was a play where he should have been sacked, and it was a uh, under reviewed, ended up being an under review quarterback rush touchdown, yeah. which ultimately ended up getting held back for whatever reason. But, I mean, he was in the end zone after that when you thought he was going to go down deep in the red zone. Like, he, I think we were on, like, the 15. I think he got pushed back to, like, the 25, mm. but still ran it in for a close-to-be touchdown, which was very yeah. impressive and very, like, my emotions were high. Very big roller coaster there for FSU fans. He looked incredible running the ball. It was, I mean, it was kind of a relief after they seemed to be stuffing Trey Benson on, like, we were, play. we were running the ball on first down. It seemed like a most of the time for a while there and it was like you know maybe one or two yards one or two yards over and over again so then like travis finally you know getting outside the pocket scrambling picking up eight nine ten and then obviously the the huge play where he you know we thought he went into the end zone but he didn't um like that scramble i mean everyone's going nuts like everyone like everybody was obviously hyped about the win but afterwards when it kind of settled down and everyone was talking about the game itself like the the discussion was all J. Trav. Yeah. Just because he's that he guy. So he went so crazy in that game. So. Yeah. And we had a, a pretty obnoxious, like, quote unquote, UF fan sitting near us and yeah. just talking trash to us, like, the whole game. Yeah. And he was like, J. Trav's going to get snuck. Like, he's going to get stuffed every time. Like, UF's D line is not going to let him get by. Like, there's no way. Like, we're going to shut him down, and that'll ultimately shut down Florida State, which is true. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't for Jordan Travis, we probably would have lost that game if they were actually able to shut him down. Mm-hmm. So, so one more thing of note about the game. So we rushed the field, super fun, really cool photos. Like a lot of people took photos on the bench. People took photos with the goalposts. Mm-hmm. It was just a great time. Uh, some people took like the sod off the field. I, like I don't, I'm not going to say anyone in the room, but maybe we did, maybe we didn't. But uh, but for legal reasons, we didn't. Um, uh, but so about the game, Anthony Richardson only completed 33% of his passes. Yeah. So our defense props to them. They had a, a great game. They only had three people who caught the football for UF. Yeah. That's well, it. Like I, number one, Ricky yeah. Pearsall had a great game. He had a he really good, that's what I was going to talk about. He's but, very talented wide receiver. Uh, well, mm, for UF, yeah, for what UF has been given, he's been able to shine. Blown coverages, I think. Yeah. He got lucky. Yeah. He averaged... 30 yards a catch. Yeah. <laughs> With five catches. With five yeah, catches. Yeah. 
So he did good, but like once we like actually schemed against him at halftime, yeah. he, I don't think he caught it in the second half. He caught it maybe once. Yeah. yeah. But he was a lot of those incompletions that Anthony Richardson mm. threw in the second half. He had so many like it's they were trying to throw screen passes oh. quite a bit too, and so many of his screen passes look like just hit the dirt. I'm <laughs> or, like, this or guy, they'd be thrown out of bounds. Or right? they'd be thrown out of bounds, and I'm like, this dude just I mean Against us, at least, and other games, too, this year just does not look like a good passer. Yeah, and even in that first win that we talked about against Utah for the Gators, like, he won that game with his legs. Yeah. He didn't win that game with his arm. And so it just shows that Anthony Richardson is a wonderful runner, and he's very elusive and a strong guy. But his that's one thing that the Gators are going to have to develop him into as an elite passer. Because when Jordan Travis first started with Florida State, all he was was legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Mackenzie Milton was the quote unquote arm, mm-hmm. and he was the legs. So like Jordan Travis had to develop into an elite passer as well, which he did. He was throwing some dimes on Friday night, and his completion percentage does not at all reflect it mm-hmm. because there's people dropping things left and right. But yeah, he's improved a lot as a passer for sure. Yeah, and so I'm gonna move on real quickly to, uh, well, we're gonna get into the Auburn news in a second um but so we're gonna get into soccer Mm -hmm. so we're gonna start with florida state soccer and then talk about world cup we'll make the florida state part quick but uh, me and prosy were at the game on sunday what a great game very good back to back great like most people at a florida state game like almost three thousand, which is unheard of for a florida state soccer it was sold out it was like beyond sold out we had people on the grass going on both sides of the goal we had people on Stadium Drive literally like hanging onto the, the chain link fence so they could see it. Mm-hmm. That's like, that's a road that goes above the soccer stadium. Yeah. But you had to like kind of hang on the fence to like look, like kind of get high enough to like look. And there were, at one point, there was like 30 or 40 people there. Um, there were, the parking garage was packed, all three floors. And so we versed Arkansas and Confusione asked me during the game, it was like, oh, how's the game going? And I was at dinner with my family, so yeah, I, I needed yeah, Naaman to give me score up. Yes, yes, yes. But I texted him at halftime, not going to lie, we're getting outplayed. It was as yeah, simple as was, yeah, we Arkansas were. had... A lot of control over the ball. Mm-hmm. They had like just more physical girls, and the way the ref was calling it, they the ref wasn't calling anything. So the mm-hmm. physical style was working better for them than our finesse style. Any 50-50 ball, they kind of just body their way to it. And they were tough. They were tough. They were tough. They were elbows, kind of just like the number 99 was a menace. She just was like, <laughs> I hated her. She at one point flopped. Like, it was so obvious. And then the ref called that one, and we just went ballistic. We're just yeah. like, are you kidding? I mean, the first half, it was they were controlling it, the offensive side of the ball. Like, we were literally just fighting for our lives on defense that first half. And then it was it flipped a little bit. It was more 50-50 in the second half, and we were able to get a really good corner kick that was kind of bumped into the goal. I wouldn't say it was like yeah. it could have been by accident, like but like it could have just been like just a bunch of bodies right in front of the goal. But I saw the replay of it because yeah. Naaman, your your text said like we had a corner kick that trickled in, and I'm like, what is that? Again? Yeah, it didn't. What does that mean? It wasn't like a design. <laughs> so, thing. I looked up the replay. Yeah, it, I mean. I would consider it an own goal is what it looked like to me. It looked like, I mean, it was great. I, I couldn't tell who scored. It was. I was on that side. It looked like one of the Arkansas players like tried to yeah. bump it and it just rolled the wrong way off them. No, it was, it was a wonderful ball in. Like it was, mm-hmm. good was placement, like, you know, near post, solid, solid ball in. And then it just kind of got fumbled around for a minute. And then, yeah, kind of bounced off Arkansas defenders, like 
thigh, I think, and just went in the yeah. Like, she was trying to clear it, but she just couldn't wrap her leg around it or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You got to have a little bit of luck to make it far in the tournament. So. Was that a good description of it, though? Like, I no, didn't, no, you, that, didn't, you didn't know what happened. No, so that was like, a, what does that even mean? That was a good description of it, like, now that I saw the replay. But I, it's, when you said that, I was I was intrigued. I was like, what? how, how did that happen? Like, did she, I, I thought, like, maybe she bent it in. So I was like, oh, shoot. I would just say happen? she banged a corner kick in, like, top corner. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Shot. It was definitely like, did that go in? Like, why did that go in? We were all kind of confused. We were happy. Like, we were like, yeah. Like, goal. no one knew where the, like, if the goalie knew where the ball was, she would have saved it. Yeah. But, like, that just right. tells you how the goal was just lost the ball just kind of got lost among the people and just it was in the back of the goal i would be very similar to hockey i would be so frustrated if i was an arkansas fan oh my gosh just to lose on that goal but But like at the end yeah so it's fine at the end we were attacking a lot and arkansas was really just fighting for their life to not have go down 2-0 like that was really it arkansas definitely put all their eggs into the basket in the first half Mm -hmm. in the second half they didn't seem as their bench also quieted down they're, well, they're, once you go down 1-0, you get quiet. Their bench was loud. But like, one was, team that hasn't gone down yet in this World Cup is the United States. The United States. We we haven't won a game, but we, we also haven't lost That's one. true. We are unde- undefeated. Undefeated. Well, but we're also – we need to – let's talk about how we make it to the group stage because every team has one game left. We're at that part of the yeah. – of the, uh, we're at that part of the group stage. This is going to be, sorry, the elimination stage. Yeah. We're trying to make it to the elimination stage. Um, how we get there is, so we're playing Iran. Currently, we're in the middle of our group. We have two points. They have three. Iran. 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 Sorry. Yeah. My bad, everybody. Uh, so, <laughs> the United States, we have to just beat Iran. And we're in. If we tie them, Iran and England will most likely advance. If we win, we are in. But you think about it. We're in. I mean, they beat Iran 6-2. But then Iran destroyed. They didn't destroy, but they dominated Wales. But we drawed. Drew. Drew Drew Wales. But we should have won. Drew them and drew England. And we are undefeated against England. 1-0-2. Tied them twice. If we tie Iran, if we tie Iran, uh-huh. we still have a shot to get in, right? No. No, because no? Iran has a win. We well, don't have a win so at all. If we, if we were to tie Iran no. and then England and Wales were to also tie. No, we would not be in. Because I think we England, would. England, I'm looking at it right now. I so too. England has four points. Iran has three. We have two. So yes. a tie so would only get us. if everyone ties, we'll still be in third like we are currently. That's right, because Iran will get a point. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And if England loses, then Wales will just take their spot. So win and we're in. That's all, yeah. yeah so it's just as simple as that. Win and we're in. There's no chance that we don't get in if we win. So, like, it's a 100% chance mm-hmm. if we win. We just yeah. need to We just need to create opportunity or capitalize on opportunities. We've been creating plenty of opportunities. At least against England, or at least more than I more than yeah. I would expect us yeah. to against a team like England. It, it would be nice if we created a little more. Like, but England again—that's the powerhouse team. You're not going to create that many. Right. We yeah. did a we did a lot with the opportunities we had. We hit the crossbar for one. We shot it right over the bar for another. That was an upsetting one. We texted in our group chat about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, me and Caleb would have scored that one, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah, harder, me and, me and Nate would have scored that. Yeah, 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 not you. It is harder uh, than it looks for you. Yeah, for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have scored that. But some upsets that we just have to mention. So, like the top again, we've talked about the top teams: Argentina, Spain, Germany, England. So England currently, if they lose to Wales, they will be eliminated. Um, but a team that's in the bottom currently of their group, and they are most likely eliminated, they are most likely out, is Germany. Uh, Germany currently is at the bottom of their division. They're fourth. Spain, Japan, and Costa Rica are all ahead of them. And they have to win, and they need Spain to win. Like they, It's like two things that have to happen for them to win. Mm. And Germany's one of the powerhouse teams. They're my favorite team in the entire tournament, every tournament. Uh, they're fun to watch yeah so yeah yeah but yeah so yeah cool well glad we all agree with that but um yeah so other upsets Brazil's top of their group so they're most likely advancing uh Spain's top of their group France's top of their group and Argentina almost almost so Argentina got upset the first game and then almost got upset by Mexico but they had a dominant last 15 minutes scored two goals Messi scored, um, so they they're most likely advancing now. But. Yeah, the the first team out is uh, after two games was Qatar. <laughs> really? Yep. Oh, that's so, unfortunate. Uh, that's fun, fun for the host country. Kind of a little bit upsetting, but I mean, it's they got dominated. They, both they literally have a country the size population of like Brooklyn. So <laughs> what do you expect? Yeah. Anyways, well, you know, so we'll keep everyone updated. Again, hopefully the USA advances. That game will be Tuesday at one o'clock. By the time mm-hmm. this actually come, this episode comes out, the game will have already been played. Yeah. So, we'll score predictions of that game against Iran. Yes. I'll say one zero. Wow. Bold. I, I, Bold. I mean one zero. I don't think it's gonna. <laughs> USA hasn't been scoring very high in their games. Like sure. two draws, only one score in against Wales. And was it zero zero against England or one one? So yeah, like I, I just don't see us scoring two three goals. So yeah, two zero or one zero. I, I've got I think a, a two one victory for the states is my score prediction. Um, nice. I think our back line looks solid, but not quite solid enough. There's some. There's a couple of the outside backs that scare me sometimes because they like to make runs forward, which is great for attacking. But if we get caught defending a counterattack, then it um, we could find ourselves in a rough situation. But I think we finally start to capitalize on scoring opportunities, win the game 2-1. I got it 2-1 too. Um, well, 2-1 two to one as well. Oh, uh, yeah. So I think – so I ran a little report about them. They are very good at just counterattacks. Yeah. So I think they'll beat us on one – of those, because we're going to be very attack happy yeah. like, this game. Because yeah. again, it's a game that the entire game we're we are going for the win. A tie is a loss, mm-hmm. so it's either you score or you lose. Like it's pretty like yeah. a tie in soccer. You often are happy with the tie, especially against like England. But in this game, you have you to score. Win. Like if you score, if we win five to four, that's great. But if you don't score, there's no chance you're advancing. So yeah. simple as that. So I think it'll be two one. Maybe 3-1, but I'll go 2-1. So, and then moving on to another thing. This is breaking news as we're recording. Again, our listeners will know more about it throughout the week. But Hugh Freeze just got hired as the next coach at Auburn. Mm. Um, And I'll I'll give a few other coaching updates, and then we can talk about it for a second. Uh, Dion is getting interviewed at Colorado. That most likely is happening. 
at the end, it's still in the works, but it's most likely happening. Um, Matt Rule is getting hired at Nebraska, and Luke Fickle is getting hired at Cincinnati. Um, crazy, crazy developments there. Luke Fickle, an amazing hire for um, Cincinnati, not for Wisconsin, in my opinion. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts? On just all the code, you can go whatever wherever you want. I think Dion, Dion, that's interesting. I didn't see him going to Colorado of all places. Yeah, it's kind of. I think he just knows that wherever he goes, recruits will follow him or recruits will be drawn to him. So I guess he doesn't really care about where he goes. But Colorado has had a history of just being bad. Like, Mm. if he can turn that program around, good, cool, whatever. Um, I don't know much about Luke Fickle, so but I do think the Matt Rule hire is pretty good. I was just about to say, yeah, Chaz, Chaz and I were talking about this last night. I really like the Matt Rule hire in Nebraska. I think uh, Rule's a guy that I think most people know now after his, you know, brief experience with Carolina. Like, this guy is a college football coach. Mm-hmm. And this is a program that, you know, has expectations and, ha- you know, wants to, you know, obviously get on the right track again after what happened to him this year. Uh, I think Matt Rule's a guy that can really do that. And this, you know, hopefully for him would be a stepping stone to get to an even bigger program. Um, one day, so I, th- I think it's it's a win win for both parties in this. Oh case. yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So he turned around Baylor, and he did a tremendous job at mm-hmm. Baylor, and the entire college football community was very impressed. And again, he would have probably gotten any top tier job then, mm-hmm. and then he went to yeah. Carolina, and then again, as Caleb mentioned, everyone realized okay, he's probably a college guy. Yeah. Something interesting though is that he definitely has a lot of ties to the Northeast. So Nebraska is kind of it's interesting, but what he did at Baylor to get away with that and like still succeed is he hired a lot of um, coaches and assistants that had ties to like the Texas high school yeah. ecosystem. Mm. Um, so he'll probably do that with Nebraska again. But Nebraska is a school that again, there's not a lot of talent that comes from Nebraska. So like I don't know what he's gonna do. Like it's kind of he can do whatever he wants assistant wise. He's not tied yeah. down to. He does have to hire Nebraska guys. I think he'll help with recruiting tremendously over there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that's yeah. that's going to be a huge benefit uh, for the Cornhuskers. Yeah. The Cornhuskers need somebody that's willing to step up and take charge. And I think Matt Rule is just a name that people are naturally drawn to in the college football world. Yeah. So I think even if like it is a rough road at first, he's going to attract some really nice names to come to Nebraska. And the boosters, especially at Nebraska – who give millions of dollars to this program because that's all they have in this state, really. Mm-hmm. They're going to be impressed with, I think it's going to be a good turnaround year for the Cornhuskers. Yeah. And then, so, like, I'll just mention the Auburn one real quick. So, Auburn hired Hugh Freeze. That's a very controversial hire uh, going from our intern coach. His name was Cadillac Williams, Auburn player, Auburn grad. Just a really humble, good character guy. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Great, genuine guy. A lot of people loved him, for he sure. Cared, he, he really just cared about the players as people. Um, he talked about how they improved like them going to classes. He brought 13 players to faith. He yeah. got six players baptized in two weeks of coaching there, like being the head coach. I hope he stays like involved. He is. So. They confirmed that he will be involved. But going from that to someone like Hugh Freeze, where – Again, a lot of people thought Hugh Freeze would never get a, a chance at, in a Power Five like coaching job ever again um, because of again at Ole Miss he had Alec, well he had a scandal where he hired uh, escorts for teenagers mm-hmm. which was bad. That was this is all five or six years ago, and more recently he DM'd a uh, 
just a person that was going through a lawsuit with a player, like uh, a player and her, uh, a player, yeah, a player and her went through like a scandal where like she accused him of uh, sexual assault and he DM'd her saying something like, I don't think this, I don't, I don't believe this is true. My player is like right. And like a lot of people got in the community got mad about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of women specifically got mad about that. And when you're recruiting high school football players, you got to talk to their moms. You're going to have to talk to their moms. And like, so that's the reason why, again, as an Auburn fan, I don't really know how to feel about this because he did succeed when he was at Ole Miss. He's one of, I think, one of two coaches of all time to beat Nick Steven twice or more in a span of like, three or four years something mm-hmm. like that he beat him two years in a row he beat Nick Saban two years in a row at Ole Miss so some people like some people are calling it a home run hire but um yeah I, I think it'll, it'll definitely be interesting I think he's I, the recruiting will be a lot harder now Auburn's a school that has a lot of character we're usually like a good right. we're, we're a school that prides ourselves on bringing the kids to the campus to get them there we don't pride ourselves on like offering them a lot of money yeah we don't have a bunch of money but we're we're a school that charms you with our ca- campus our atmosphere our style and this this hire goes against that i'm not a big fan of it you um, weren't yeah you weren't a big fan of hugh freeze I, you were a little bit in the beginning but as this coaching decision had gotten more down to the knit and grit you had not really been a huge fan. Yeah. I, I don't really know Hugh, Hugh Freeze that well. Yeah, me neither. So I don't know what I'm going to expect from him coming in. I I do think there were other coaches that Auburn could have pursued a little harder. But, yeah. I mean, hopefully that program will speak for itself and Hugh Freeze will turn it around. I yeah. do hope the best for Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I was expecting Lane Kiffin for, I mean, until obviously last week when I think yeah. that's what Auburn wanted. That's yeah. what everyone in the Auburn community is thinking right now. All the big analysts and the so-called proclaimed analysts, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Twitter geniuses, they're all just like, it seems like Lane Kiffin was the guy. And for whatever the reason, Ole Miss like, offered more money than we did or offered more money than we originally thought they would. Yeah. And uh, Ole Miss won that. And then we tried to hire a few others, but they just weren't good fits. Like Luke Fickle, we interviewed, but again, it wasn't a good fit. He has no ties to the Southeast. Dan Lanning, we wanted. He's at Oregon's head coach, but I think Oregon would just outbid us there. So we turned, like, I think we went another direction. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm in a group chat right now with a bunch of, uh, uh, like, I guess just female Auburn fans because <laughs> I asked to be put in it because I was just like, I just want to know the thoughts of the hire. And so far, the group chat was created at 5.04. That was 32 minutes ago. And there's already 170-something messages. And it's 10 people. Oof. It's, so they're not happy in these 10 people. But, again, they're just, like, big Twitter, big females on Twitter, uh, big Auburn fans. So, uh, but, yeah. Shout so, out to the big females on Twitter. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but uh, we, I, we can stop talking about Auburn. It'll be interesting. As an Auburn fan, I'm disappointed. I'm happy that we have a good basketball coach because that's where I'm putting all my eggs right now. They're doing well. And if we have a good football team again, that'd be awesome. But just, Hugh, please do not do anything bad while you're at Auburn. Auburn's yeah. A very- hold, hold up the Auburn pedigree. Yeah. If he does, though, he's gonna. I feel like he'd be gone so fast. He's definitely walking like, on thin ice. I, 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 w- I would hope from Auburn. I would hope he would be gone so I, fast. I would hope so, but, too. But at this point, we're... We're still paying Gus Malzahn from firing him three years ago. Still so. paying Cam Newton, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Jeez. all right. So we'll talk about the NFL. All right. Let me let me, <laughs> let me, let me, let me move in. I'll move into the NFL for this week. Oh, man. It was a pretty 
I mean, exciting week of the NFL. We had a couple of overtime thrillers, a couple of walk-offs. Uh, the Jags guys, excellent game. I, wow. ex- I, I've I already, already caught the last three three minutes. That was all I needed to catch. Though I yeah. have I have already said this to so many people, but this is my perfect weekend of football. My ideal eye of the storm weekend for football. Yeah. Best weekend of my life. Yeah. Knowles beat the Gators in a thriller. We stormed the field. The Gamecocks edge Clemson by one point in Death Valley. Yeah. And then the Jags win in a game-winning drive. Trevor's one of his first game-winning yeah. drives as a starter and as an NFL quarterback, proving that he is the guy that Doug Peterson wants to mold into this great superstar. Oh, yeah. So the Jags play the Ravens. The Ravens come to town. You know, they think we're going to get a win here. Like, this is going to get us back on the groove things. Like, mm-hmm. we – and but, I mean – it's neck and neck the whole way. I mean, the Ravens start off strong, but the Jags are not going anywhere. Trevor's passing the ball super well. He was 29 for 35, had three touchdowns, over 300 yards passing. Zay Jones, who's not even our wide receiver number one, had 11 catches for 145 yards yeah. and sealed the final two-point conversion to put us ahead yeah. of the Ravens at the end of the game, mm-hmm. which at the end of the game, the reporter that was interviewing Zay Jones was in the middle of her interview with him and Cam Robinson, one of our O linemen, got a word and he was like, This is him. This guy's him. His name is Him Jones. And just walked away. And so the guys love Zay. Like they think he's a stud and he's young too. He's developing and Trevor's getting more chemistry with these people. And Travis Etienne went out with a little bit of an injury, but he was laughing on the sidelines. So I don't he think said it's anything. He'll be back next yeah, year. it won't it's not nothing serious, but it is a shock. And everybody can get – I got super nervous because of that Justin Tucker kick because that's a kick he's nailed before. It was right down the middle. Yeah, it, it was, was a perfect straightaway. When he kicked it, all the Jags fans were like, mm, we're done. Their O-line was celebrating. Yeah, and, and then just, came just short. He if he would have lined and, – and Justin Tucker's phenomenal. If it would have been more of a line drive mm-hmm. and not so much it arc on it. It's a lot of arc. Probably, probably could have made – Most of the time, if you insane. get Justin Tucker in range – the game, it's he's calling game. Dude, he's behind. They're behind the logo, and he's in range. Like, yeah, he was kicking him for warmups. Yeah, he kicks. Spot. He kicks from that spot in warmups, and he so just, like he just accidentally did too much of an arc, too much yeah. loft. Yeah. But can we talk about the Jaguars mascot for a second? Dude, embodying the perfect uh, Florida man. Literally, American yeah. speedo took off more like a uh, like no clothes. Really, it was supposed yep. to, and it was just a wacky dude. He was like he was literally just bathing, like not bathing speedo birthday suit with the help with the with the mascot head on yep. and a speedo. Yep. And then his whole body was colored yellow. He was painted yellow. That, Visualize that, listeners. Like, or look it up. Suit. Or look it up. Or just look it up. That is well, the Jacksonville. Jaguars. If you're of age, if you're of age, if you're a kid, don't look it up. Don't look it up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out, Chell's defense too, though. Not that defense played like. I mean, you allowed 27 points, but you held the Baltimore Ravens to enough, like enough points where your offense could beat the Baltimore Ravens, which I think is an impressive, yeah. impressive thing. Ravens so, fans are absolutely steamed. They're steamed. Like the Jags, the Jags are four and seven now. Like I'm fine with this. Like yeah, I get it. It's supposed to be a rough plan, but okay. Moving forward, I know that it was a great win. Very happy about it. But we do have other games I want to talk about. Goodyear Thanksgiving football. The yeah, Giants games. versus oh, Cowboys was the most viewed regular season NFL game in years. Mm. Like fourteen point five million or something like sixteen or something like that. Yeah. But good game between two good teams. 
Uh, really proud of them. I know that the Bills also edged out the Lions yeah. on Thanksgiving, which we were very happy to see that the Lions actually could hold up. Yeah, the Lions really did hold their own. Yeah, game. the Cowboys and Giants also, 28-20, to 20, the Cowboys won in Dallas. And then the Patriots and Vikings played also on uh, Thanksgiving Day, and they only lost by five or seven to the Vikings. So the Patriots played well as well in Minnesota. Yeah. So a lot of good football on Thanksgiving. Very happy. Uh, one game of note, uh, the Browns won in overtime with a one-handed wow. catch by their tight end in the end zone Joku. Crazy. against Crazy. the Buccaneers. Which, one of the best catches of the year so far. Yeah. Can we talk about the division for a second? The like, NFC South? Yeah. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll go to our NFC South expert, Caleb Confucione. Yeah, it's not a great uh, division to be an expert of this year. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so right now the, the Bucks are at – Five wins, so they're I think I think they're five and six now, or five and seven after that. Five, five and six. six. Five and six, uh, and then I believe the Falcons are five and seven. Five and seven, right below and mm-hmm. New Orleans. We lost yesterday to the Niners. We're four and eight. See this, and this is the thing. Like I keep in my in my brain when I watch the Saints play, I'm always thinking. Well, the Panthers are below us. Panthers got a win yesterday too, though they're also four and eight. They're four and eight. So when I watch the Saints play, I'm thinking like, it doesn't even matter anymore. The season's over. But then I'm like, is that we're why? a game behind first place in the division? Like first place in the division has five wins. We have four. Like we win a game and we're we could potentially be in a you know race for the playoffs. I know. It's... Right now the the Baltimore. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if the season ended today, would host a playoff game at home. That's and they are five and six. Not fair. Like yeah. it is ridiculous how bad this division is this year. But and you gotta assume like you gotta assume the Bucks just with the talent they have on their roster are gonna be the team the team to come out on top. But you'd think that like the Bucks would be killing that division or the Saints yeah. would be doing better. But then you look at teams like in the AFC East. Or yeah, like you got the the Finns, you got the Bills, you got the Jets, and even the Patriots all have the same, if not better, records than the Bucks. Yeah. And there, those three teams are at the bottom right now. The Bills are at the top, are still fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if they were in the NFC South, they would be hosting a playoff game. I think yeah. that's the beauty of like professional sports and like the standings. Like mm-hmm. it's the same. Like for years, it was the same with the Dodgers and the Giants, mm-hmm. and then then it was like Red Sox Yankees. Yeah. Like if they were in any other division, they'd win their division. Yeah. But they're just in the one division with the leader, like the leading team in the entire league. And that's the struggle. Just, that's yeah. the struggle. And I think yeah. honestly, that competitive spirit right now with both of the even the NFC South and the AFC East. Looking at the flip sides of both, it's keeping it competitive. Yeah. And it's also making teams work harder. And we're seeing that the Jets and the Finns and the Patriots are having close games, if not wins. I mean, the Patriots scored 26 points this week, and the Finns and Jets both got wins. So yeah, they're I mean, fighting hard. You think about it, it's the same thing happening in the AFC East as happening in the NFC South. Mm-hmm. All of us are vying for the top of the division. Everyone's super close. The only difference is we all have losing records. Yeah, everyone in the AFC East has like basically records flipped of us, like eight and four, seven and five, six. And it four, is. Whatever. It's, it's, it's keeping these teams from tanking. So it is. It's really keeping these teams from giving up and just being like, okay, season's over. Like the Bears. The yeah. Bears have given up. They're like, yeah. okay, we're, we we want the number one pick, number one, number two pick. We know we're not going to be in the playoffs. Let's give up because their division is so gapped with the Vikings at the top. So there's no point in even trying anymore. Whereas the NFC South and AFC East, 
are, and even the NFC East as well, they're fighting. But talking about the AFC East, the Dolphins continue to be red hot. Mm-hmm. But during the game yesterday, a breaking news story got released. It was just on, like the on-the-field reporter was asking their typical like questions to Tua during the week. And Tua revealed some information that no one had ever known before. So, like, mm. Tua has gone through some, like, really low moments in his career. Like, yeah. he literally was supposed to be the starter his rookie year, but he kept getting benched and benched, like, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And um, he revealed yesterday that, well, earlier in the week, but the reporter revealed yesterday that at times Tua would look in the mirror and ask himself, why do I suck? Like, am I bad? Yeah. Like, why am I so bad? Like, should I even be playing this sport? And, like, just to think about what Mike McDaniel has done with that offense, done with Tua, he's provided him so much confidence. And also, just just the beauty of being a human. Like, Mm -hmm. we all can relate to being in those low moments. And then now Tua is thriving with the right community around him, with mm-hmm. the right people. It just shows, and yeah. that goes beyond football too. But yeah, yeah it so. just shows like what showing up and being a coach is going to do. Because yeah, coaching only goes so far. You can draw plays, you can make schemes, and, but your players have to execute it. Yeah. But then there's the flip side of if you don't believe in the players that are on you the don't field believe in yourself. Yeah, and if you don't believe in yourself as well, like yeah. it's not going to be executed. So Mike McDaniel has done a great job of Was it Flores in, there before? Flores was yeah. there before. Like he didn't trust Flores, he didn't trust Flores Tua. Hated Flores played so like Flores I mean it was mind games with him almost. To the point where it was it, I mean that was what I mean I would assume was giving him like this lack of confidence like he's getting benched and then you know there's lots of press conferences where Flores would say things that was just like Wow, you know, you got to go see this guy practice the next day, like, and you just basically told the press how you have zero confidence. I mean, it's the and pressure. Like, it's, what do you, what do you expect? Like, it's the pressure of being a young quarterback, mm-hmm. like being a star, like Trevor Lawrence or Tua, who were these Alabama, Clemson guys fighting for national titles. There's so much expected of you yeah. when you come out of college and go in the NFL, and if you don't immediately gratificate or instant gratification, if you don't satisfy that coach's needs of why they drafted you immediately, yeah you're nothing to them. And that's what some coaches need to realize that your job isn't to just grab the best player and hope he does that. What he didn't call, you have to develop these guys. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that with Mike McDaniel and Tua. We're seeing that with Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I will, mm-hmm. I will point out we're in a time nowadays where like fans are so quick to change their mind on things compared to years prior. Mm-hmm. Like years prior, if you drafted a QB first round, Three years, four years minimum, you're sticking with the guy. Maybe more. Because, like, that's your guy. Like, you know, you're not – again, like, teams would build their team around him. And even if you weren't good, it's the coach's fault or you just got to do better. Yeah. Like, it's not the guy you drafted first round. But nowadays, there's so much, like, Twitter pressure, just fan pressure. Again, it all goes back to head coaches. Like, head coaches are getting fired and hired in a year. But it's just like crazy. Like Ed Orgeron, he won the Natty, the national championship. Yeah, then he's gone. And then a year and a half later, he was gone from LSU. It's like short-term memory. Like, yeah, it's just crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Just to rehash the rest of the NFL, we're super quick. We did talk about Saints getting shut out by the 49ers. That's heartbreaking. Mm, I mean... I'll just say I have a real quick. You go ahead. They just... I mean, I didn't watch the entire game. I watched most of it, and... Honestly, our defense looked good. I mean, we only let up 13 points to a super high-powered 49ers offense. Yeah. But our our offense, the New Orleans offense, just, dude, not. And credit to the Niners defense because they're – They're wonderful as well. They're, like, the best in the league, I think, defensively. Um, they have zero points allowed in the second half of their last four games. 
Who the, the, the Niners, Niners do? Niners. The Niners do. They are red hot. So they're a crazy good defense, but I mean, I mean, you got to put up at least a field goal. I mean, Lord, it's just like it's not even fun. <laughs> you have to a watch good kicker too. Just get him in range. He missed. He missed one. Well, so, well I mean, they don't make everyone. Justin Tucker missed. <laughs> and also, you know, the entire team wasn't doing great that it's, day. So it's just yeah, we we need help on the offensive side of the ball. We've known that. That's been a, that's been a pretty apparent thing. I mean, when you have a new coach too, it can go either way. But the Commanders are seven and five. How did that fly under my radar? It's crazy. <laughs> I did, completely, where did these guys come from? Where, what even yeah, happened? You talk about a good defense. They've had a very good defense yes. the past few weeks. Yeah, they've that's had a good why division. they've been winning. And Brian Robinson actually showed up. Like I, He's on my fantasy team. I had him on my bench for so long because like obviously he's coming off of a shotgun. Not a shotgun wound. A shot in the leg wound. Yeah, you got to get more command strips for your hooks over there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we had a bathroom malfunction. Yeah, yeah um, it keeps falling. I don't have another congrats one. Congrats on the L Prozy in fantasy this week. Yeah, I, I didn't get it to you. No, Harry at the bottom of our league did. He had a really good week, and, and I, I decided, needed to beat him to help me be feel safe. Okay, well, neither one of us are safe because we both lost. So, I haven't lost yet. And Matt won. Lose. Don't Matt won, <laughs> which is what I need. I need Matt to win. Okay, whatever. So, Bye. moving forward, Raiders got an overtime win. Commanders are 7-5. and five. Eagles win a shootout against the Packers, which was a really good game last night. Mm-hmm. And the Finns and Jets take care of business. Mike White was in. I don't know what happened there. I think it's just the Bears have given up. But Mike I hope White's the Jets can keep it rolling. Moving into rivalry week of college football, we already talked about FSU edging out the Gators. One game I like to talk about is South Carolina. A wonderful display of what college football is all about. Are we not doing the two minutes? I just want to mention this. You can do everything else. This is my (laughs) favorite game of the year besides FSU UF. Mm -hmm. Spencer Rattler, Naaman said this, and I completely agree, is a momentum-driven quarterback. Mm -hmm. He feeds off of the climb. If he has one bad week... It's going to if he has one bad quarter, he's not going to be the guy. But if he starts off with red hot momentum, he'll build on that. Oh, yeah. And you better watch out because he's he can be that guy. Mm-hmm. And Shane Beamer is a very up like Mike McDaniel to Tua. It's a very uplifting coach and is very confident in his guy mm-hmm. and trusts him and trusts South Carolina to get the job done. And honestly, Clemson could have won that game. But there was just special teams errors at the end of the game. They had two and a half minutes left to march down the field, which they easily could have done mm-hmm. and win the game with a game-winning field goal because we were only up by one. Yeah. But they muffed it, the punt, and South Carolina recovered. So really, it's just Clemson making mistakes, DJ making mistakes. Clemson and uh, Clemson shouldn't be happy with the way that they played. And South Carolina inevitably took the W, and I'm very happy for them. So yeah. No, it was a, an insane game. It didn't compare to last week's, but no. it was an insane. Last week's was just it was just amazing. Like, nothing, nothing like it. Yeah. Now the only bad thing about Clemson losing is that if they would have won, there would have been an opportunity for them potentially to slide into the playoff, and then FSU to potentially go to the Orange Bowl, take a New Year's Six Bowl. However, can I, can I do my two minutes? Yeah, ready. Okay. Not a possibility. Three, because two, one. As Caleb mentioned, another team also lost. LSU also they lost. They did lose. So, again, Clemson almost was going to be – well, they probably were going to be in top four. They lost. LSU would have been top four, and then they lost. Mm-hmm. So, those teams, mm, they're, they're, they're probably not in there. But a team that lost that could make it, there was a big showdown between Michigan and Ohio State. As this was rivalry weekend, oh, so yeah. we had all the big rivalries. And so that game was crazy. I felt pretty confident picking Ohio State. And through 
two quarters, I was hype about Ohio State. I thought Ohio State had it. But in the second half, ooh, boy, Ohio State kept letting the Michigan receivers just toast them on these, like, short – on these – um on these like post routes and like a few big touchdowns by Michigan. The Michigan QB ran for a lot of yards too. Michigan with the win, they won by 22 points. Mm, so Michigan's in, Ohio State and Bama are now fighting for that four spot, I believe, right? You don't think USC is going to take it? You think, oh, okay, never mind. So all right, <laughs> Bama, USC, and Michigan are all, they have really good resumes. USC probably USC's has right now, and for the AP poll at least. AP poll, college football playoff, which will come out tomorrow, Tuesday, will announce who they have at that four spot. And if it's anyone but USC, which it would it would surprise everyone. Yeah. But those other two teams have good enough resumes to be that four that spot. That is true. So yeah. a few other upsets that happened. UNC went down to the hands of the Wolfpack, NC State. Florida OT. State beat Florida. And then in a bunch of games of all the Auburn head coaching candidates, all of them lost this week. Liberty lost, which was the eventual hire, Hugh Freeze. Oregon lost to Oregon State. They were up by a bunch in the second quarter and then somehow just fumbled the bag. And then Ole Miss lost to Mississippi State. The Egg Bowl. Um, and then in any other updates, USC took down Notre Dame in a top 15 matchup. And... And um, South Carolina took down Clemson, and A and M took yeah. down number five LSU. You mentioned Oregon State, Oregon. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a good week. It was it a was good a rivalry week. Week, yeah. yeah, very good week. Nobody was guaranteed a win. That's for it, sure. FSU fans had a stress stress free Saturday because we played on a Friday, so we just got to sit back and watch the chaos. Yeah, yeah. And that's True. what we got to do. True. I liked the Friday night. I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, it is a little inconvenient being the day after Thanksgiving, but I mean, we were able to get in there and just that stadium was, yeah, was the cool. most electric I've ever seen it. It was just, it was, it was, I mean, we've been to some hype games before in Doke, but like this one, it's kind of like what I've talked to some people about. It was hype from like start to finish. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and it was a complete was game. UF stayed in it and we were back and forth, but it was like the entire time was just like, Hype, 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 hype. Just making noise, trying to get, you know, Florida's offense to make mistakes, mm-hmm. whatever, like your call timeouts. And, you know, obviously cheering for our offense because we put up a ton of points. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just just an awesome, really electric atmosphere in Doak. Yeah. And then just a heads up, one more thing about college football. So this week it's going to be the conference championship week. Yes. We don't expect any big upsets, but LSU is playing Georgia. In a wild world that LSU beats Georgia – Georgia will still be in the college football. Yeah, I don't think that would knock They'll them down. They'll still be in. The only one that will be interesting is TCU versus Kansas State. If yeah. TCU loses, they're out. Yeah. And USC's versus Utah. If USC gets this four spot and they're in the college football playoff before this weekend, they have to win that game against Utah. Um, but even if they're outside – those other two teams, Alabama and who was the other one? Ohio State. Ohio State. They're not playing this weekend. So if they win by a lot, they can make a statement win. So yeah. Big weekend uh, in college football. But we'll move into our picks. Yeah, definitely weekend. definitely some games to highlight. That Kansas State versus TCU game. That's huge. I think the Big 12, anything can happen. It can always be – or is that the Big – yeah, that is the Big 12. Anything can happen, and it's in Texas. It's in Arlington, Texas. So yeah, TCU only beat Kansas State by I think ten earlier this yeah. year. Yeah. So, so I first game I do want to pick those the LSU Georgia game. I've got Georgia winning this one. It's in Atlanta. Um, it's I don't know. I just think Georgia is too dominant. I think they held back a little bit against Georgia Tech, and they're going to give full force for this SEC championship game. 
I have Georgia too. I, you, you just can't pick against the Bulldogs right now. They're they're hot. You know they're they're ready to get into this uh, college football playoff as the number one seed. So, oh, I'm gonna go Georgia too. It would really shock me if LSU won. Mm-hmm. LSU looked bad this weekend against Texas, and they look like they quit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so Kansas State versus TCU. I got TCU. I mean, <laughs> those fans are gonna come to Arlington, Texas, and I don't know how many Kansas State fans are. Gonna have show you seen up. their videos? They're posted on Twitter. The weird ones? Yeah, like, oh my gosh. It's like they let, like, a meme lord into, like, their social media accounts, and they're posting these videos. It's like they're like, trying to hypnotize yeah, their student like, body. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's just it's just weird. Look it up. If you, if you haven't yeah. seen it yet, just look it up. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. I'm, yeah, but I'm going to go with the Horned Frogs. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Kansas State here. I, I, I really don't – this is mainly because I don't want TCU to be in the playoffs. That's true. Like, I just – and I'm really rooting for Kansas State in this game. Kansas State played them, you know, relatively close last time. Mm-hmm. I think Kansas State now with a full season under their belt, ready to take on yeah. uh, TCU again. It's hard to beat a team twice in the same season. They, so. They're definitely the Cincinnati of this year. They are. TCU yeah. is. So. I'm gonna go TCU as well. The Horn Frogs. I've always <laughs> loved their uniforms. I think they're sick. Yeah. Um, I'm just a nice. sucker for any like weirdo animal like that. Like a <laughs> horned frog. Are you serious now? Like if there was a team called like the Alligator Snapping Turtles, I'm all for it. So I'm gonna go TCU. <laughs> Uh, TCU. So. All right. Uh, another game of note, Utah versus USC in oh, Vegas. In Vegas. On Friday night. Mm. So a lot of – I think this game's going to be pretty split as far as fans go, but I think Caleb Williams is a star. So I'm going to go USC. Yeah, same thing here. Caleb Williams is an absolute stud. USC is going to take this one. Mm, uh, I'm going to go USC. Uh, but something that I should have mentioned in the college football news – he, Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback on his fingernails, had something painted oh, that right. went trending. He, it was written, Luck Notre Dame, but that Luck was actually with an F. So mm. you can figure out what that smelled, spelled. So um, he's not the nicest guy, but yeah, I he's definitely know. an arrogant dude. Yes, he's very good. He hit a Heisman pose. I hate it. I they're they're putting it. the crown on his head after every touchdown he scores and putting like a robe on His it. head is getting swollen for I sure. I dislike it. Chris Pham loves it. He's like, I love the competitive. And I'm like, bro, I hate it. Like, come on now. You yeah. can't write that on your fingernails. That's not a nice dude. A game but, of note, yeah. Purdue is, ma- is playing Michigan, but I don't think we need to pick that yeah. one. We all got Michigan. And then yeah. Clemson versus UNC in Charlotte. Ooh. Clemson on, is bro. down bad. UNC is even more down bad. <laughs> even more. So it's really just going to come out to – I think I'm just going to pick Clemson for this one. I don't think UNC is the firepower. Yeah, I've got Clemson as well. Will Shipley's a dog, and I think he has his way against the uh, UNC Tar Heel defense. Um, Clemson, I think this is obvious. UNC has no business being in this game. Yeah. Uh, week 13 of the NFL is this week, and I've got a couple games really rapid fire here for the NFL. Jags play the Lions. I'm going to pick the Jags because I think they're on a roll. I think the Lions offense is good. But I think hopefully the Jags defense can shut them down or hold them to a certain amount of points. Uh, yeah, I like the Jags in this one too. I, I, I like both of these teams. Usually they're both the underdogs, but now they're playing each other. So uh, Detroit's I, favored by one and a half. Okay. I, I'll, I'll, I like the Jags. I like the Jags in this one. I think they're coming off a good win. Um, I'm going to go Lion. It's at Ford Field. It's I can at see. Ford Field. If it was anywhere outdoors with more than like one mile per hour wind, I would go Jags because uh, Jared Goff can't throw when it's mm-hmm. outside. But uh, I'm going to go Lions. All right. Jets play the Vikings. I'm going to go Vikings. I love the Jets, but Mike White did good, but it was against the Bears. So I'm going to go Vikings. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to have to take the Vikings too on this one. 
Um, yeah, Jets still needs some more some more answers for me to feel confident in picking them against a big opponent like that. So mm. I'm gonna ah, gee, this is such a hard game. I'm gonna go Vikings. They just have more weapons, but it's gonna be close. Yep. Titans at Eagles. I think it's gonna be a close game. I think the Titans are they always give a team a run for their money. Whoever they're playing, it doesn't matter. They did that in Arrowhead with Malik as their quarterback. They but I'm gonna go Eagles in a close one, maybe even an overtime game. I'm going to go with the Titans here. The Titans look really, really good lately. They've been playing really good football. Derrick Henry seems to be on. Uh, I think the Eagles have been playing. They, they played the Packers a little close last night. They, they pulled away towards the end, but I think if they can shut down Jalen Hurts running the ball, then they can pull away and win this game. Well, that's uh, – I'm going to go Eagles. Even though the Titans are one of those teams that just don't lose. Yeah, they just find a way. I'm going to go Eagles. Uh, next game, Finns go to San Francisco to play the 49ers. This is I, this is the game of the week. Yeah, I, in my other opinion, than, I think so too. Other than Chiefs-Bengals. No, I think this is higher profile. Really? You think so? I do. I, I think that the Niners' defense is really showing that they can stop anybody mm. and everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so if the Niners' defense is doing what they've been doing, I'm going to go Niners mm. at home. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Um. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to go with the Niners too. This I think this is gonna be a surprisingly low scoring game because both of these defenses are lights out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, both of the, people love to talk about the offenses and they have tons of weapons, but both of these defenses are lights out. I think that the Niners defense really pulls through and wins this game for them. I think this is gonna be like a Bill Belichick creating a scheme type deal against like Tua. Mm. Tua throws the ball short all the time. And I think the Niners will zone it like like really focus on that and make him throw it long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really yeah. I really love both these teams. I'm starting to fall in love with the Niners. Uh, <laughs> fun which is watch. bad. They're just really fun to watch. Um but I'm gonna go Dolphins. I, I think the Dolphins have what it takes. Yeah. Tua had a scary hit uh this game, like this game the last week. Uh, he got rolled up on, but he's okay, according to the Dolphins. So I'm going to go Dolphins. I think they're just an electric offense. And I really like Mike McDaniel, which is kind of odd because Mike McDaniel came from Kyle Shanahan. So they know a lot about each other, but I, I'm going to go Dolphins. Yeah. Chiefs at Bengals. I'm going to go Chiefs. They don't lose, or at least they find a way to win every time. I don't care how they have to do it. They, they get it done. It's at Bengals, though. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is in Cincy, but I think the Chiefs are going to take this one, too. Uh, they're they're one of the Super Bowl favorites right now. I think they could come out of the AFC, honestly. So I've got them winning this game over the Bengals. Not so fast. I'm gonna go Bengals. Uh, I think Joe Burrow loves these types of games, and I think he's ready for it. I think he's gonna put up a lot of points, yeah. a lot of yards. He thrives in a challenge. Yeah, yeah, and also it's a rematch. I think. Yeah. So we'll see. All right, last Wait, right. It's yeah. a rematch of the AFC Championship, correct? I think so. That's what I thought. But I th- maybe uh, was it Bills? No, no. Bills got beat in the overtime. Okay, then it was overtime. Chiefs at Bengals. I think so. Okay, or Bengals at Chiefs. Yeah, but yeah. Saints play the Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. I really hope Dennis Allen can take down Tom Brady again. It would be nice to see him a little more irate. And uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Saints. I think they're going to clean up any errors they had last week and zone in. And Alvin Kamara is going to be their driving force. Yeah, this is a game that we could put up like 10 points and possibly win just because yeah. Dennis Allen always has such a good game plan for Brady. I've talked mm-hmm. about that before. Uh, I, of course, I'm going to pick the Saints, um, but we've got a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. 
mm-hmm. if we want to win this game, hopefully we can do that. Get Olave involved heavily in the passing game. Uh, get Kamara, get the gears turning with Kamara a little bit. Um, get him back to his slippery self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, everything you said, I'm going to disregard it because I'm going to go Bucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> still fine. investing in Tom Brady, okay. even though I've seen many times before he is like very contained by Dennis Allen. But I'm going to go him. Another game to note this week, we're not picking it, but it's Giants versus Commanders. That's oh, going to yeah. be a good game. They're both, good game. they're both seven and four, which is like so, well, seven, Commanders seven are seven and five. And five but yeah. yeah, both seven Giants teams. Giants are seven and four. So like. One of those teams is going to end up in the playoffs, and like this is a very big game to decide who. They're third and fourth in the division, which is that's insane. crazy to think about. It's that and the AFC East, just they're crazy right now. But oh yeah, so that was our picks for the week, and that's our episode. Thank Woo. you for tuning into episode fourteen. We're very happy with the success that this podcast has been getting, and a lot of growing viewership. We're super thankful, and we love doing this podcast every single week. We love posting about it and hearing things about it from our friends and family. Ooh, yeah. And as always, this is Naaman, Caleb, and Caleb signing off. Ooh.